This is Tony Pilkington. Yeah, hello, everybody. It's uh, 26 minutes to two. We're about to be uh, talking with uh, the Executive Director of Biosecurity, Primary Industries and Regions for South Australia, Nathan Rhodes, and uh, the Chief Executive Officer of the South Australian Produce Markets, uh, Angelo Damasi. Uh, Nathan and Angelo, good afternoon and welcome. Nice to have you on the telephone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, fellas, uh, see, there's a million questions. Uh, we've got a, a fruit fly outbreaks have been declared in a couple of areas in Paraka and Campbelltown. Nathan, first of all, to you, uh, just how serious are the outbreaks and, uh, and, and what are you doing about it initially? Yeah, well, all, all Mediterranean fruit fly outbreaks are serious. Uh, we've actually got seven outbreak areas at the moment. Uh, oh, seven. Oh, OK. Yeah, all the way from uh, Semaphore Park through to Campbelltown. Um, so that's, uh, that is actually an unprecedented, unprecedented situation. Uh, it's far more widespread than uh, recent outbreaks uh, and, and obviously consuming quite a, a bit of resources. So uh, we have uh, a significant response underway to try and eradicate that from the, from. Adelaide, uh, Mediterranean fruit fly is not present in South Australia and is currently only established in Western Australia. So we're very keen to keep it that way uh, and are throwing a, a great deal of resources at eliminating it from those outbreak areas. Nathan, uh, how do you detect it in the first place? Uh, what are the, the telltale signs that fruit fly has infected your, 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 well, your fruit and your trees? Sure. So there's a couple of ways that, that we can do that. One that is very important is that we get reports uh, from residents when they find something suspicious in their fruit. Most commonly we find uh, people ringing our fruit fly hotline reporting maggots. Uh, and if I can give that number, that's 1300 yeah. 666 010. So 1300 uh, 666 010. 010, uh, uh, so yeah, okay. Residents reporting maggots in their fruit is a, a very important way that we find out uh, that there's some fruit fly activity going on. But in addition to that, we have uh, a very large network of uh, fruit fly-specific traps across South Australia. We have about 7,500 traps that are permanently installed, and we check those uh, very regularly uh, throughout the year to the extent that we check about 100,000 traps uh, every year. So we've got a very good early warning system. Uh, this is from Carl, sends us an early email on the ball. Carl says, uh, one of your gentlemen there, I think it was Nathan, says that um, uh, it comes from WA. Is WA the only state that has a fruit fly? Uh, WA is the only one with Mediterranean fruit fly. So it's got a couple of uh, established pockets um, over on the west coast. There are Queensland fruit fly present uh, and, and is endemic in Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, and it's only South Australia uh, as the, the only mainland state that doesn't have either species established here. So right. it's very important that we keep it that way. Right. Are they an introduced species like the rabbit was years ago and all of those sorts of things, and the cane toad? Or, uh, yeah. Mediterranean fruit fly is. Uh, Queensland fruit fly is endemic to, to the eastern states. It originated, uh, obviously, up in Queensland, as the name would suggest, and uh, over the recent years it has moved, moved south into New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, Angelo, from uh, from a, a, an industry perspective, uh, how why is it so important that these outbreaks are, are eradicated as soon as possible? Well, thank you, Tony. Look, there's a number of reasons. Well, first of all, no, we need to ensure that incursions don't spread to our regions uh, due to South Australia's important trade status of being fruit fly free. Uh, in uh, if an outbreak doesn't uh, get eradicated, or the incursions will spread through the uh, the actual metropolitan area of Adelaide at a significant cost. To industry and state governments, so their uh, their cost is another major issue. Um, the current, I like Nathan said, the current uh, outbreak does not 
impact our uh, uh, trade status, our fruit by fruit status. So that's that's a, a good story there. But uh, PERSA has considerable amount of um, experience in uh, eradicating uh, the metropolitan uh, fly outbreaks. They've had a hundred percent strike rate, and industry has got every faith in uh, PERSA to actually uh, ensure that this uh, the seven incursions are. Uh, Eradicated. Um, you know, if any uh, fruit fly eradication response, uh, uh, the public also plays a significant role. Uh, and as residents, uh, we need to make sure that uh, you know we uh, we, like Nathan said, uh, report any uh, any any issues or any maggots in in uh, the backyards because uh, that's also important. And, and as also Nathan said, we don't have uh, bed fly or Queensland fruit fly here in South Australia. They're only brought in. Uh, over the border, and we need to ensure that we strengthen the borders to protect our $1.3 billion uh, fruit, vulnerable fruit fly horticulture industry. All righty. Got some traffic information here for a moment or so, fellas. Uh, the Australian Traffic Network tells us a collision impacting Torrens and Woodville roads in both directions. Avoid the area if possible. So that's the intersection of, uh, well, the interactor impacting both Torrens and Woodville roads at the moment. Uh, a collision. Uh, try and avoid the area if possible. There are delays there. If you've got a question about fruit fly, and there's so many questions, this is the opportunity of getting some really good advice by giving us a call on 822 822- Three double double We'll put it to uh, both Angelo and uh, and Nathan. This is from Emily. Emily says uh, you mentioned that there are two areas have been affected: Paraka and Campbelltown. What are the other areas? Emily asks the question, living as she does at Windsor Gardens. Um, and uh, Nathan, what other areas are being affected at the moment? So the seven outbreak areas are Semaphore Park, Rosewater, Angle Park, Croydon Park, Blair Athol, Paraka. And Campbelltown. Oh, okay. Uh, within within those outbreak areas, there's about 240 suburbs, uh, so it is quite extensive. If uh, if Emily wants to find out exactly if her suburb is effective, I'd encourage her to go to the PERSA website at uh, pir.sa.gov.au and uh, type in fruit fly, and you'll find the page there where you can actually enter your suburb name, and it will show you exactly oh, whether right. you are in an outbreak area or not. Uh, and there's a whole host of information there from interactive maps and other uh, other things about what you can do if you are in an outbreak area. Uh, gentlemen, we've got a question here from Ken, who's at Woodcroft. Uh, Ken, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for the telephone call. What's your yes, question uh, for, uh, for the gentleman? Yeah, I'd just like to ask the gentleman, uh, what is the active time of the year for fruit fly and... Uh, what are your steps that you have to take to try and eradicate? Do you uh, pick the whole tree that's infected or do you uh, bait the whole tree and the area to make sure that you're eradicated altogether? All right. Yeah, so the, the Mediterranean fruit fly uh, is, is most active during the summer months. However, it does uh, persist throughout winter. It gets a, a little bit lethargic, I think, as, as most of us do during winter. Uh, but it does persist, so we really need to keep uh, keep vigilant throughout winter. Um, a number of things that residents can do to ensure that they are helping in the eradication response. Don't leave uh, ripe fruit on the tree. Uh, as the fruit ripens, if you want to eat it, eat it, then I encourage everyone to, to check it vigilantly and pick it as it ripens. Uh, unripe fruit is not a host for fruit fly, but as soon as it starts getting soft enough, uh, the females will find it and lay eggs. So you really need to oh, really? make sure that you what? keep on top of it. What the, type of fruit the, do they prefer? There's a whole host of, of different fruits, uh, and they, they is a very wide range. Um, 
citrus and stone fruit uh, in particular are important, but also fruit and vegetables like uh, tomatoes, capsicums, chilies, those sorts of things as well. So again, really? if you go to that, that website, that person's website, you'll find a full list of host, uh, host plants there. Uh, the other thing that I do want to draw people's attention to is, is picking up fallen fruit. Fallen fruit sitting on the ground is a very uh, uh, attractive host for fruit fly. Uh, and in particularly, you know, mornings like this morning after a big wind the night before, there's a lot of fruit lying on the ground and we really need to pick that up as quickly as we can. Um, well, two two more they, things you can... Sorry, go on. Yeah, are they just uh, maggots and then they... Do they actually turn into a fly that you can physically see and how big are they? Uh, they are quite small uh, and they're quite a, a slow-moving fly. They don't buzz around your barbecues and those sorts of things. But, um, yes, the, the adult flies are, are flies as we would normally know it. The female lays her eggs into the ripe fruit uh, and the, the larvae will then um, uh, move around inside the fruit and, and obviously feed on that fruit. They then crawl out of the fruit and drop into the soil and they go into a cocoon-type stage. Uh, and uh, after a period of time, they will hatch out of, out of the soil as, as adult flies. So it's quite a quite an interesting and complex life cycle. Right, okay. Good um, luck with all of that. This is from uh, from Cathy. Yeah. She said, um, when did we first uh, become aware of fruit fly and what's been the worst outbreak we've ever had here in South Australia? Are we going back a long time, boys? Uh, no. No, we're going right now. Uh, <laughs> this, this is, this is uh, the biggest one we've had. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So... We've always been aware of fruit fly and we've, we've maintained that fruit fly free status for such a long time. Uh, we've successfully eradicated Queensland fruit fly, Mediterranean fruit fly a number of times, um, but this is by far the biggest outbreak we've had in metropolitan Adelaide. And on top of that, we've had to deal with COVID-19, so that hasn't been easy oh, to actually Oh, of course, yeah, a bit of a double whammy uh, there, uh, Angela. That's right, over 230 uh, inspectors that's out right. on the, And so, so, yeah, it hasn't been easy, so this is... Uh, really, the worst one that we've actually had to deal with. Yeah. Angelo, along those lines, the uh, the produce markets. How badly have they been affected over the last well two or three months? Look, uh, obviously, uh, this is the first time uh, in 32 year history that the South Australian produce market has actually been uh, in an outbreak area. Uh, look, the industry is resilient. Like I said, we had to deal with the dreadful bushfires uh, just before after Christmas, and uh, obviously, COVID nineteen was uh, had to deal with. Uh, the COVID-19 and now obviously the Campbelltown and Paraka uh, incursions. Uh, look, this has cost has come at a significant cost to industry. Um, it will run in in its millions. Um, you know, PERSA officers have been working closely with the market community um, um, to ensure minimal impact on their operation, and the traders continue to operate as normal or as close as normal as possible. Uh, PERSA liaison officers are on place here at the market and help uh, with the questions the traders. Uh, may have and assist in the accreditation and to show all the produce uh, movement requirements are, are adhered to. Now, with the recent impact of bushfires and COVID-19, um, now uh, fruit, you know, the local uh, growers need to be uh, uh, obviously be supported through this. So, what we what we'd like to see is the South Australian uh, community to ensure that they continue to support local produce and go out to their local uh, greengrocer or independents and ensure that uh, they continue to purchase uh, yeah. local fruit. But look, despite all these issues, um, you know, that uh, in 2020, South Australian produce market maintains a high quality uh, reputation. 
uh, and it is safe for consumers. Uh, the SA Produce Smart is well equipped to handle over the movement of produce. We, we handle over 250,000 tonnes of produce annually. Uh, we have core-ins facilities, uh, strict guidelines, movement of produce, waste and, uh, and all those sort of things in place. Uh, along with uh, uh, the uh, markets, Woolworths Distribution Centres also falls in the Praka Fruit Fly area, uh, and Persa offices are also uh, closely liaison with uh, with Woolworths. Um, I think in the uh, seven and a half kilometre area, we've got Jeps Cross Market, and I believe there's also uh, Persa uh, inspectors uh, on that on that site. But obviously, they don't have the facilities like we have. But uh, there's uh, added challenges on on that. But look, at this stage, we we feel that. Colleen at um, Fairview Park and uh, Chris at North Haven. You'll be our next two callers for the gentleman. It's uh, just on 13 minutes to two as we take a break. This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, just on uh, eight minutes to two. You've got a question about fruit flying and it's a real concern. Give us a call. We can put the question directly to either Nathan or to um, or to uh, to Angelo right now. It's uh, eight minutes to two. I've got some traffic information. The Australian Traffic Network tell us there's been a collision... It's impacting Torrens and Woodville roads in both directions. So the simple advice is avoid the area. There will be delays. They could be lengthy delays. That's the um, uh, a collision a little while ago impacting both Torrens and Woodville roads in both directions. So avoid the area if possible. We're talking to, uh, to Nathan. Nathan Rhodes is the, um, the Director of Biosecurity for uh, Primary Industries here and the Chief Executive Officer of the South Australian Produce Markets, uh, Angelo DeMarcy. And Gentlemen, we've got a, a question for both of you from uh, whereabouts? Um, it's uh, Chris, uh, who's down at, uh, at North Haven. Chris, uh, good afternoon. Your question to the gentleman is? Uh, I'd like to know whether the police are involved in uh, trying to work out where these uh, incursions of fruit flight came from. OK, right given, given that it's a, a criminal matter, or is, are we just relying on the, on the uh, pers personnel to track it down? So PERSA has the uh, statutory authority to uh, undertake that investigation and we do regulate the movement of all commercial produce uh, from Western Australia, in this case, into South Australia. That is done under a very strict regime of uh, ensuring that the produce is free of fruit fly before it gets here. What we suspect is that it's, uh, it's probably movement from, from uh, travellers to tourists and those sorts of things bringing fruit over from Western Australia. It's exceptionally difficult to uh, actually identify the original source of the outbreak. So really, we, we focus initially on uh, eradicating the outbreak uh, and, and then looking longer term to close uh, any of those possible pathways coming in from WA. Right, okay. It is voluntary at the moment, though, I think, uh, to bring, uh, in terms of bringing product over the border from uh, WA, it's voluntary to actually, uh, but it is obviously if you are caught with it, you do get fined. Uh, what industry is calling for is a zero tolerance also at the Sejuno um, and, uh, and have a zero tolerance across all of South Australia. We do, do it very well in the Riverland. Uh, no fruit does go, and there's some exceptional results there in terms of uh, uh, products uh, being confiscated and vines. And we're actually calling for a zero tolerance across uh, all of uh, Metro, uh, all the borders, basically. OK, thanks, Angelo. Uh, let's go to Fairview Park this time at nearly five minutes to three, and Colleen from there has given us a buzz. Hello, Colleen. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Um, 
I was wondering, during the fires, the bats moved and were dying and, and a lot of them moved on. I think they're back at the botanical gardens now. Would bats tra- transfer fruit fly, the fruit bats? Mm. Uh, they, the, yeah. the bats themselves, Colleen, no. Uh, it, it is conceivable if the bat uh, happened to transport a piece of fruit that it thought it might might take home to eat and happened to drop it, then, then yes, that is a possible pathway. Mm. But, it's important to, to understand that these flies are, are, are fairly lazy. They don't fly a long way on their own and they tend to stay in a fairly localised area. The number one yeah. way of, of Mediterranean fruit fly spreading is by people and people moving fruit. So particularly backyard-grown uh, fruit, um, we really encourage people to not give that away to, to friends and family because that is the, the number one way that the, the fruit will spread from the initial outbreak area. Yeah. Yeah, it was just that the fires, you know, they moved and, and now I just wondered if they, yeah, like you said, picked them up, dropped yeah. it or something. It is possible. Yeah, well, we've heard yeah. that conspiracy also, Nathan. There's uh, quite a yeah. few conspiracies at the moment. Mm. All right, okay, okay, Colleen, thank you for the call. Gentlemen, what was that uh, What was that fruit fly hotline number again that people, it was the 1300 number you mentioned, Nathan? That's right, 1300 666 010. Right. Okay. And what about uh, going online to find out information? So, if you go to the PIRSA website, that's uh, pir.sa.gov.au, uh, and just type fruit fly into the search, and you'll find everything you need to know. This is a, a final question from Frank. He says, uh, You've gotten onto it earlier, it would seem. When are you hopeful that perhaps having the whole thing eradicated? Because you say it can be devastating for the, um, for the industry and uh, for the local economy. And as Frank says, that's the last thing we need right now. Yes, look, we, we had our first detection uh, in middle of December last year, in 2019, and it will uh, be through till middle of December this year before we can declare that we are free of fruit fly again. Uh, as I said, it, it goes a little quiet over winter, uh, but then come spring and summer we'll start to see uh, uh, pupae emerge from the, the soil and uh, that's when we'll start to hit it with um, sterile insect technology, which is another... Uh, tool in our arsenal that we've got to really knock it uh, knock it down when they start to become more active. Oh, good luck. Nathan, thanks for the time this afternoon. You too, Angela. Good luck, gentlemen. And we're glad to know that you've got a couple of experts really on the ball. That's the Executive Director of Biosecurity for Primary Industries in our state, Nathan Rhodes, and the Chief Executive Officer of the Produce Markets, the South Australian Produce Markets, Angelo Damasis. And they said the fruit fly can be absolutely devastating. Just hopefully the guys have got onto it early and are doing something about it and will be eliminated, perhaps by the end of the year. Let's hope so anyway. It's a couple of minutes to two.